We've all had those days, haven't we? Those days when it seems like everything goes wrong. The water pipes in your house burst because of the frigid cold. Your house gets flooded and you discover that your insurance isn't going to cover it. You work hard to get a new car, you get the car paid off, and the week that it's paid off, it breaks down. You go into the hospital for emergency surgery, you come out, a week later you get the bill, and the bill almost makes you have to go back into the hospital. You go in for a job interview, you feel great about the job interview, and then you discover that the job is given to somebody with less experience and less education. We've all had those days. But that day is different. That day is life-altering. That day changes everything. When that day comes, you realize that things will never be the same again. Your world and everything in your world has changed. Most often those days come suddenly. They come by surprise. And usually when that day comes, it, it comes through no fault of your own. Nothing that you could have done could change that day. That day for me and my family took place on Friday, May the 26th. The day before, my son Josh had gone to Greenville to spend the day with his brother who was getting married on on Saturday. They had a great time together. And um, I got a text from my, my son Josh at about 10.39 that night. He, he said, I'm coming home in about 30 minutes. I said, okay, be careful. And he said, I will, thanks. We went on to bed. Got up early the next morning because we were going to Greenville to get ready for the rehearsal. My wife and I packed our car up. We were getting ready to leave when I realized that, that Josh needed to borrow a pair of shoes from me. He was living at our house at that time. And, and so my daughter, and, who was there with us for the wedding, went downstairs to ask Josh what kind of shoes he wanted to borrow, which pair of shoes he wanted to borrow. We were sitting in our car ready to go when my daughter came to the door and screamed. To be honest with you, I... I wish I could forget the memories that took place after that. My wife and I ran into the house. We called 911. My wife began to do CPR, but, but immediately we knew it was too late. We knew that sometime early in the morning our, our son Josh had passed away. And we realized that our life would never be the same again. That day was that day for us. Our life was changed forever and yet in the midst of our pain God was with us. Somehow, some way we never stopped trusting him. We never stopped worshiping him. And I've got to be honest with you that is what got us through that day. And to be perfectly honest that is what is getting us through each and every day now. This morning we're starting a, a new series and I've got to be honest with you, it's probably going to be one of the most real and one of the most raw and yet I believe one of the most helpful series we will ever go through. 
So I want to encourage you right here and right now to clear your calendar. Make sure you are here every single week because the truths that we are going to learn from God's Word can be life-changing because one day, someday, you're going to experience that day. And how you handle that day is going to say a lot about who you are and it's going to say a lot about whose you are. Now, if you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to the book of Job. That's going to be the the book that we're going to be in for the next eight weeks. You'll find the book of Job right before the book of Psalms in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it because the verses that we're going to look at will be on the screen. The book of Job is probably one of the most least read books of the Bible, and yet the story of Job is well known. The story of Job is the story of a good man who was also a blessed man. He had a large family that he loved. He was very rich. He was very healthy. And yet in a short amount of time, he lost it all. Every single one of his children died. All of his wealth and his prosperity was gone. And in the midst of all of this, Job was struck with a terrible painful disease in the end Job was left all alone except for a a few friends who came to encourage him console him but in the end they ended up discouraging him because they believed with all their heart that that all of his suffering all of his pain was a result of some sinful choices he had made and what he needed to do was repent and turn from his sin and everything would be all right. When you read chapter 1 and 2 of Job, you begin to realize that this man probably suffered more than any other man who has ever walked the face of the earth. Job's life is filled with tragedy and heartbreak and suffering and yet, at the same time, it is filled with hope and is filled with triumph. There are some who tell us that the the book of Job answers the question, why do bad things happen to good people? But, But that's not the question that Job answers. And to be honest with you, that's not even a valid question. Because the Bible says no one is good. And so when we throw up this this argument and and we ask why do bad things happen to these good people we need to understand that there are none of us that are good but from the very first chapter we discover that the big question of Job is not that question the big question of Job is this why do you serve God why do you live for him why do you seek to honor him why do you love him and when your world falls apart Will you still serve him? Will you still worship him? Will you still seek to live for him? Will you still honor him? Will you still love him? You see, I believe with all my heart that suffering is the greatest indicator of the depth of our faith. And if we can make it through suffering victoriously, it says something about our faith. And so if your Bible is open, I want you to follow along as we read these first 11 verses in the book of Job. 
There once was a man named Job who, who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God, 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys, and he employed many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When, when these celebrations ended, sometime after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their own hearts. This was Job's regular practice. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, Job has a good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out, take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now Job's story begins with a description of his character. And, and you cannot read this without understanding that Job was a man of character. Someone described him as a godly gentleman, extremely wealthy, a fine husband, and a faithful follower. Someone has said before that, that suffering reveals our character. And I believe that is true. Others say suffering refines our character. And I believe that is true as well. I want you to listen to how Job is described again. It says he is blameless. A man of complete integrity. He feared God. He stayed away from evil. And that's not just how people saw him. That's how God described him. Do you understand that? It's one thing how people describe you. It's another thing how God describes you. Now notice, first of all, Job was blameless. Some translations say he was perfect. Now that doesn't mean he was without sin. No one is without sin. But what it does mean is as far as sinful man can, Job was living an undefiled life. His desire was to live in absolute obedience to God. He did what was right in the eyes of God. And he lived his life to please God in every single way. There are several places in the New Testament where we are encouraged to do the same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. When Jesus was speaking to the rich young ruler, he said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Job was completely devoted, wholeheartedly committed to God. When we think about how man looks at us, Job looked perfect. But he was not only perfect, he was not only blameless, 
we are told that he was a man of complete integrity. He was the same in private as he was in public. There were no skeletons in his closet. Blameless has more to do with how people look at us. Integrity has more to do with how God looks at us. You see, we can live our life in such a way that people can be impressed, and yet at the same time, God is unimpressed with us. You see, Job was the real deal. He was the same wherever he was. And then we are told he feared God. He knew God was the sovereign ruler of all. And he lived his life recognizing that every breath was a gift from God. Was he afraid of God? You better believe he was afraid of God. Was he in all of God? Yes. He was in all of God. Did he love God? He loved God with every ounce of his being. My dad was a Marine before I was born. He was a man's man. And I've got to tell you, though I loved him with all my heart, and I knew that he loved me, I had a certain fear of him when I was growing up. That fear didn't cause me to love him any less. To be perfectly honest with you, that fear that I had of my father called me, caused me to love him even more. I, I am afraid that, that we have dumbed down the biblical idea of fearing God. We've been so afraid to talk about God's wrath that we have a generation of churchgoers who, who see God as some doting grandfather. But Jesus said this. He said, dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't do any more to you after that. But I tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he is the one you should fear. You see, Job had this certain fear towards God. So here was Job, he was blameless in the eyes of the world. He was a man of complete integrity. He feared God, and then notice the last thing, he stayed away from evil. Now that word, stayed away, doesn't just simply mean to remove it, it literally means to sour. In other words, Job not only erected safeguards to keep himself from evil, evil broke his heart. Evil made Job sick. Let me ask you a question. Have you gotten used to the filth of the world? Have you gotten used to the evil that we see coming across our television screens? The, the wickedness that we see when we go to the theater? Have you gotten used to it? Most of us have. But not Job. When Job saw evil, it made him sick. But the Bible goes on and it tells us Job was not only a good man and a godly man, Job was a good and godly father. With all of his endeavors, with all of his business ventures, he didn't neglect his family. And he longed for his family to be pure before God. Every single morning when his children would go out, he would offer up sacrifices to God because he was afraid that maybe, just maybe, even without knowing, they did something to curse God. 
Here was a good man. Here was a godly man. Every single one of us here this morning should hope that we live a life that is characterized the way that Job's life was characterized. And it's obvious that as we read these verses that God had chosen to bless him. He was the richest man in the area. And we are told that that it was because of God's blessings. God had put a hedge of protection around him and, and God had caused him to be rich. Now if the story ended there, it would be a happy ending. If the story ended there, he would have had a fairy tale life. And there are many of us that have this idea that, that if we live like Job and we have a character like Job and we love God like Job did, then that's how our life is going to end. But the problem is, that's not always the case. And I would dare say that's most often not the case. Now after we read this description on earth, we're told about a conversation that that is going on in heaven. And, And to be honest with you, as I read this conversation, it's a little bit unsettling. Because it's a conversation between Satan, our enemy, and God. Satan is up in heaven with the heavenly host. And God asks Satan, what have you been doing? And he says, I've been roaming to and fro across the earth. And the Bible says Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he will destroy. He is going all across the earth looking for people to destroy. And and God says to Satan, well, have you seen Job? There's no one finer on the face of the earth than Job. And then listen to what Satan said in verse 9. Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him, his home, his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But if you reach out and take away everything he has... He will surely curse you to your face. And don't miss that. God was protecting Job. God had made him rich. Now who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want God's protection? Who doesn't want God's blessings? Here and now, this morning, I want to tell you something. If you're not praying for God's protection, if you're not praying for God's blessing... Begin praying. There's nothing wrong with that. If you aren't praying that way, start right now. But then Satan raises a question. He raises an important question. He questions Job's reason for fearing God. Satan asks God, will Job serve you if you take the blessings away? One translation says it this way. Would Job worship you if he got nothing out of it? In other words, do we serve God for what God can do for us? Or do we serve God simply because he is worthy of our service? Do I serve God so that I can be blessed by God? Or do I serve God so that I can be a blessing to him? There is a dangerous teaching that has infected the church worldwide today. It's called the prosperity gospel. 
The basic premise of this teaching is this. If you give your life to Jesus and you serve him, you will be healthy and you will be wealthy. Everything will go great in your life. God is kind of like this magical charm. If you wear, he will ward off the bad things from happening and he will cause good things to come your way. Now listen, I don't want bad things to come my way. I want good things to come my way. Who doesn't want to live a healthy life? Who doesn't want to have financial freedom to do whatever they like to do? There's nothing wrong with desiring those things. But listen, we don't serve God because He can give us those things. I don't serve God so that I will be prosperous. I don't serve God so that he will enlarge my bank account so that he will open the door to my dream job so that the stock market will soar and my 401k will grow or I will be able to live in my dream house or drive my dream car. I, I don't serve God because I want him to make me prosperous and I don't serve God because I want his protection so I won't get sick, so I won't go through tough times, so I, I don't lose people I love so that bad things won't happen to me. I serve God and I fear God and I love God simply because He is worthy. And the question we must ask is this. Will we serve God if the blessing stops? Will we serve God if our world falls apart? Will we serve God if everything that can go wrong does go wrong? Will we serve God simply because he is worthy? That's the question Satan posed to God. Will Job still love you? Will he still serve you if you take your protection off of him? Will he still love you? Will he still serve you? If every blessing is removed from him, if the bottom falls out and his world falls apart. Well, if you're familiar with the story, you know what happens next. God gives Satan permission to drop the hammer on Job, and he did. And within a matter of at least several days, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Job loses all of his wealth, everything he owned. Every single one of his children are killed. His success was gone. His family was gone. I've got to be honest with you. Financial ruin is one thing. But to lose your children, all of your children in one single day? How could anyone keep going after that? How could anyone not give up? But that wasn't the end. Sometime later, we don't know how long, there was another conversation in heaven and, and God gave Satan permission to take away Job's health. And it says, and Job was struck with terrible boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I, I don't think that we can fathom the physical pain that Job was in. When we simply read that description, that's bad enough. But when we read the rest of the book, 
we discover that, that Job must have been struck by some kind of cancer that was eating away at his inside while it was eating away at the outside. And yet, in the midst of all of this, Job never turned his back on God. We are told in spite of everything he was going through, he didn't sin by blaming God. He didn't curse God. He never stopped worshiping God. Listen, I'm not here this morning to tell you that if you give your life to Jesus, everything will go your way. I'm not here to tell you that if you pray a certain prayer, all your pain and all your suffering will automatically disappear. But what I will tell you is you have a creator that loves you and made you for a purpose. And his desire is for you to spend eternity with him. And in spite of the circumstances you face in this world, one day, someday, he will right every single wrong. One day, some day, he will take away all your pain. One day, someday, you will ha never have to worry about another bill, another disappointment, another heartbreak, because he will wipe away every tear. Do you remember the question I I said many people think Job answers. Why do bad things happen to good people? And I said no one is good. That's what the Bible says. Well the truth is there is one that was good. And that one that is good took all of our suffering. He took all of our shame. He took all of our pain so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have hope, so that we could live forever in a paradise that God has created for us. And that one is Jesus. And I got to tell you, if nothing ever goes right in your life, if everything goes wrong in your life, if you live in abject poverty with bad health and everyone deserts you, he is still worthy of your praise. He is still worthy of your worship. He is worthy of your love. He is worthy of your service. He is worthy of your life. And regardless of what happens here on this earth, he's worthy. Now the truth is, I'm convinced that I can never convince you of that. The only way, the only way that you will ever begin to live that way is to have him change your heart. It's the only way. The difference between people who act one way towards suffering and people who act another way towards suffering. It's their heart. Has God changed their heart? I'm so thankful. That when the bottom fell out. That day happened. And that day continues to happen in my mind every single week. I'm so thankful. God's changed my heart. 
And I know regardless of what happens in this world, what befalls me, what comes my way, He is worthy. And when you get to know Him, and He takes up residence in your heart, you'll know the same thing. So do you know Him? Has your perspective changed? Has God turned you from a whiner that whines over every little inconvenience to a winner that realizes in the end we're victorious regardless of what comes our way? You see, that's the question of Job. Will you serve him? Will you be obedient to him? Will you love him? Will you honor him when you don't understand? Will you serve him when you be obedient to him? Will you love him? Will you honor him when he doesn't answer your prayers? Will you serve him? Will you love him? Will you be obedient to him when everything that can go wrong does go wrong? That's the question that Job answers. And fortunately for Job, he did. And fortunately for each and every one of us, we have the same God that Job had, amen? And so when that day comes, we can face it. We can overcome it. No matter how painful, no matter how difficult, no matter how heartbreaking it may be. I want you to bow your head with me. I want you to close your eyes. Here's the bottom line. Here's the question Job answers. Will you serve God? Will you love God? Will you honor God? When it doesn't go your way? It's easy to say yes. When you haven't been there. So you better make sure you know him. If you're here this morning and, and you're a Christ follower and you're saying, I don't know if my faith is that strong, let me assure you, it is if it's real. If you're here and you're not a Christ follower, right here, right now, and you realize that you have a creator that is on his throne even when we don't understand. And he is worthy of our worship and our honor and our praise. And you're ready to humble yourself and submit your life to his control regardless of where it leads and what it costs. Then I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, I come to you this morning humbly asking you to forgive all my sins. Forgive me for living a self-centered life. Forgive me for thinking that it's all about me. Father, I know you're worthy of worship. 
and I want to worship you with my life. Father, I believe you sent Jesus to this earth to hang on a cross, to take my sins upon himself so that I could be forgiven, so that I could have hope, so that I could have eternal life. Jesus, today I'm trusting you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm going to serve you. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. I know without you I can't do anything. Change me from the inside, I pray. In Jesus' name.